Hi, everybody. Welcome to R. Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to escape. <laughs> we're going to crawl our way out of this hellhole of Amigo Studios. We are underground. And reach the great hereafter. <laughs> Is that how that works? Is well, that no? I don't it's funny know. you should put it that way because effectively that's sort of what happened during the real life Great Escape for a lot of these fellows, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. They so, escaped. They yeah. escaped into a whole other plane. Yeah, you've got you've got to this is one of those things you have to take sort of with a grain of salt because it, uh, uh, despite, despite the fact this the fact that this game's based on a movie, the movie is uh, loosely based on a real event, uh, an, an amazing real event, uh, but. Uh, it, it for the amount of people that were involved in the Great Escape, very very few actually escaped. It's quite a remarkable tale. It is, and it didn't end quite as dramatically, I think, as the movie made it seem. I don't believe in the actual real. Now I could be wrong because I, I, but there was no actual motorcycle jump over the barbed wire at oh, the end gosh. of the real Great Escape. No, no, no. I, I, have you seen this film? I, you know. It, I, I I sort of made it a priority to watch this film when I when I found out we were doing because I'd heard of it. Yeah. I didn't. I watched the trailer, but <laughs> it's a good movie. I know, and it, it seems like it would be right up my alley too. Uh, I watched a movie once called Flight of the Phoenix, which I think was another World War II movie where they crashed. There was a plane that crashed in the desert, mm -hmm. and somehow they had to rebuild it. And it was this this band of guys, you know, sort of a, a buddy type thing. And uh, I like movies like that, so I think I'd like The Great Escape. You know, uh, I've watched, I've seen, I saw the movie. I'll be honest, I didn't rewatch it this week, but I, but I've seen it a couple times because I, I like those kind of movies. Steve McQueen, awesome. Mm -hmm. But I watched the thing on the History Channel where they got some of the guys, the survivors, together and actually t discuss what actually happened at the actual. Because this is based, this is a game based on a movie, based on a book that's based on a real life occurrence. And the guy that wrote the book was in the was in the Stalag or in the. Uh, uh, prison camp in this dialogue and he was like he wasn't one of the main players but he was like one of the guys that like was in the gang that broke out i think i believe he said his role was a lookout that's pretty much what he did uh but uh when the when the movie was made uh to to better uh to receive better uh notice from america they changed the way it actually happened so some of the characters that are sort of amalgamation of three or four different guys, some of the endings are like taken from other breaks, prison camp breaks, and uh, the American presence in it is not realistic because in the actual events of the, of the prison break, uh, the Americans, there were Americans involved early on, but then those guys got moved away. And so the majority of the people that worked on this were the, were the British and believe it or not, a large portion of it were, were Canadians were involved. So the Great Escape, as depicted in the film of being a mostly Yank bunch, was actually a much more international affair involving few, if any, Americans. Well, they, 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 well, there were Americans involved early on, but later on, practically none, mm -hmm. from what I read. Now, that doesn't take a, that doesn't diminish the film, which is a good film. But I mean, you got you've got to take the film with a grain of salt, like you said, the whole bike jump thing, which. That's an iconic event right. in the movie. And from what I read, uh, and this was mentioned in the documentary, Steve McQueen was really good at driving a motorcycle. And he was like, hey, let's put in this bit where I drive a motorcycle. And they're like, okay. And he did, he did all the stunts for it except for the actual jump. They had his buddy do the jump because they couldn't insure him to do it. And if you watch that, have you seen that whole section of the film? Uh, no, I've just seen I've just seen the part, the the famous part. Yeah, well, it, I mean, he jumps 
over the smaller fence of a border fence, but he's trapped between the two fences with 0% chance of escape because mm. the other fence is huge and he's right beside it. Mm -hmm. So he crashes in the fence and they, they catch him. Mm. But, you know, one thing they depict in the film, and this is true, I mean, only as I recall, and I'm going out of memory here, but uh, out of all the people that escaped, I think three made it to safety. And 50 men were rounded up and shot like right away. Right. They, and they, they picked them up. Now in the movie, they, they unload them off a truck and they just blow them away. But from what I read, they shot them in more like not all at once, mm. but they killed, they still killed they, like 50 yeah, guys. It's still the same end result. And then a bunch of dudes went back to the camp. And if you were at the end of the film, Steve McQueen's character, they, take, they catch him, they take him back to the camp, they put him back in solitary, in the hole or whatever, and he's back in there, you know, just, they're going to do it again. You know, that's that was the that was the premise of the film. Um, a cool film and a, a, a kind of a neat thing in history with the you know, prison escape is always cool. You know, I always like those kind of movies. I you know, um, what's, what's the, uh, is it Stalag? Isn't there another prison escape movie? It's like Stalag 13 Stalag or something 13 like that? Stalag 13 is the, I think that's the Stalag in Hogan's Heroes. Oh, okay. So this yeah, is that, not, this is. Which is another show based on escaping from a German prison Right. Camp. But there, this was a, this was a non-comedic film that I, that I saw that was very <laughs> similar. In fact, uh, I remember clearly I was house sitting for the, the professor, uh, the director of bands at Ohio University. And I was watching this thing on TV mm -hmm. and this guy fried an egg on like a pan, you know? And uh, I think he fried it in his helmet or something like that. And I was like, man, I'm going to fry an egg right now. That film inspired me to fry an egg. <laughs> Your inspiration is strange and it wrong. It is. It is. Um, the, uh, uh, it's, when they made this film, they had consultants that had been... In fact, one of the guys that was an actor in this had actually been in a, an escapee from a prison camp, believe it or not. So he would give them tips on what to do and stuff. So a lot of the stuff that happened in the film didn't necessarily happen at this particular event, but it was stuff that they'd called together from other es uh, escape attempts. And they also asked, this, I thought this was really interesting, uh, the, when they got some of the survivors together to get some like information on how to make the movie, stuff like how to forge documents and how to, get, how to make uniforms and all this other crap, they asked them not to show in detail because their fear was if they showed this stuff, no one could use it going for the techniques going further. So there was a real, there was a real thought when this was made, and this this the it's almost like you know in MacGyver. Remember how they always when whenever MacGyver came out, there were all these people that said, "Well, I learned how to make a bomb from MacGyver," oh, yeah. and the producers can't say, and they said, "No, we actually leave out like the most important step if yeah. you were actually going to do this." Yeah, yeah, I was where you were going. Yeah, you got to think this game. This premiered the movie premiered in '63. All right, so you're talking roughly a little less than 20 years after the Second World War. Uh, but that was st I could still see where you would be paranoid enough not to want to show these these techniques. Pretty, I thought that was kind of a, kind of an interesting uh, thing. I should mention that the, the the novel it's based on is called The Great Escape uh, by Paul Brickhill, and the uh, movie uh, was long. I remember that when I saw it, and it the budget on this thing, and this is again in the early '60s, 3.8 million dollars, and it box office gross. The total that took in was 11.7 million. This was a this was a huge runaway success uh, when this film came out. And this was a, it, it's funny you think about it now. They'll spend eleven million bucks on catering. Yeah, you know compared yeah. to what they used to. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, well, you got to think about 
the uh, I imagine that they were able to probably construct a POW-looking camp pretty easily on a backlot somewhere. So there was not a whole lot of staging involved. They actually filmed this thing. Uh, they uh, they filmed it uh, overseas. I Did read they that really? Today. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if I actually wrote down where they actually filmed it. I was surprised, but it, they actually I think they actually filmed this. Uh, let me see here. I think they filmed it in Germany. I think. I mean, it was somewhere. It was somewhere in Europe. They filmed it. Uh, so you think? I thought the same thing. I, they probably filmed this, but they actually filmed at least a line share. But also, the scenes where he's driving the motorcycle—that's all filmed like on location somewhere. Huh. Yeah, okay. that was kind of kind of neat. So, sort of a and I, you know, older people like myself. I hate to say it, but we Steve McQueen was sort of a special actor. He was in Bullet. He was in this. He was. And he was. was he guy, in the Italian job? He too? was. He was the man. I don't know. Sure. He's the. Yeah. But he was like the man's man for like the '60s. Sure. Like, this is the guy. He w- yeah. was. He sort of like Eastwood in that same, same ouvoir. More down to earth. Okay. You know. Then I mean, this a more belief. Like this is a guy you could go out and have a beer with. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so I should also. You think even in the '60s, Eastwood was kind of a parody of himself? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and also he. Eastwood was like sort of that character actor. He played that yeah. cowboy type of the real tough guy. Right. But Queen, if you watch his film, he just seems like he almost seems sort of daffy a little bit, a little lighthearted, you know, in his in his ways, you know, and brazen, but in a playful way. Whereas Clint Eastwood was not playful. He would mm-hmm. kill you. Something else. Charles Bronson's in this. If you, if you uh, are into him, he, he was he's chiseled and jacked. And he plays the tunnel, well, the tunnel diggers in this. And he's he's pretty always like Charles Bronson. It's, uh, he was pretty cool. James Garner's in it. Uh, if you know him, he was the guy that played. Uh, uh, he was Rockford Files, and he was isn't he um, James? He was also he played a Maverick. That's in, right, yeah. In the Maverick mm-hmm. show, and he also played. He's in the sequel, the T, the Maverick with Mel, with uh, uh, Mel Gibson. He played Mel, Maverick's dad. Mm-hmm. So he's been a, he's been a ton of stuff. That's too. the Maverick I'm familiar. You had with. A, you had a, had a good cast of of guys in this. So you can oh Donald Pleasance is in it. He's another guy that was a he's a big big deal. So you had a lot of good uh, Richard Attenborough, another guy, all star cast. I recommend you see the movie. Um, What's the you don't have the oh you do I see that right there the runtime 172 minutes. Yeah, it's a long so, yeah, film, a long and film. that was actually one of the things that was held up against it. They were like you know it's too long. So there you go. Maybe so, they've they, maybe there is an edited version somewhere like uh you know well. I'm trying to think if I thought it was too long. I mean, it's a long time to set through a movie, but I mean, if it's good, and they, they are, and I don't know how much you know about this, but this isn't a movie where these guys just sort of dig a ton and leave. There's there's a lot of failures, and even in real life, they were digging three simultaneous tunnels. You know, there was one under the uh, stove, there was one in like the shower drain, and it was, I can't remember where the other one was at. I think it was out in the shed or something. And, there, and this actually happened in real life. They were digging three tunnels, under the assumption that they'd get caught with one or two, and they'd still have a third one to go out. So that was kind of, but there's a lot of that. Like, and they answer a lot of, how do I get rid of the dirt? And there's a lot of stuff there, like the daily routine of the, of the camp. And you know, so it's long, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not boring, I don't, I don't think, anyway. So we might as well seamlessly move into the game. So okay. this week, we tackled the greatest game. Boy, we tackled it. In some cases, it tackled us. And Mike, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's it's one of these games where um, you don't have to win to have fun. I'll talk more later, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, this uh, this game came out in '86 and was published by Ocean, developed by an outfit called Denton Designs. I'm trying to think if we've ever done any of their stuff, boat. 
Uh, their stuff includes bounces. <laughs> I love the Cosmic War Toad. Put that on the list. Wow. Uh, Double Take, Enigma Force. I like that. Flashpoint. Frankie goes to Hollywood. So these guys did a, did a lot of different things. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that title. I'm like, why does that work? What are you doing, the Frankie is Hollywood game? Isn't there another game where you're just a, like a, is, maybe I'm always just thinking about Frankie goes to Hollywood. I don't yeah. know what you're doing. It's a gift from the gods, Infodroid, Mad Balls, Spy Hunter. And they also did Transformers and Troll. A lot of games. Yeah. And that's not even all of them. Uh, this game was designed by a fellow named John Heap. Uh, aside from some of the stuff we mentioned, he also did Alien, uh, Fox Fights Back, Shadowfire, and a game called Where Time Stood Still, which is uh, have, was supposed to be a real popular game. And the Time Still Time uh, Stood Still game is sort of based on the same engine or whatnot as this, from what I've read. Um, graphics in this Alley Noble. This released at a price of seven pound ninety five p, and the budget was three three pounds. So standard stuff. This also, this surprised me, Boat. Uh, uh, this really surprised me. This got released for other systems. I never knew it did. Uh, uh, Amstrad got a copy. The C64 DOS and Windows. Weird. Windows must be a new release. Yeah, it, it was. It was reached like 3.1. No, 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 no. There was a window. Well. 86. <laughs> And we have to the fact, it's, this is the kind of game that would get a Windows. I mean, I could see Dog. Well, you Windows. know, this game was remade, but oh, I would maybe think that's that, what they listed in. But I would, I, I think it would be on a different page. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, because there's, there's like saw a, there's, that a couple places. I think it like, came out on the 360 and stuff too. So I think really? that's a, yeah, yeah. That's how wacky. Yeah, and it's like a third person <laughs> like shooter. It's not the same as this game, right? So let's talk about how this game starts up. It plays the. Cool theme. What's the name of that song? You're a music guy. That sounded like. That's it. That's it. Uh, isn't that the theme from Hogan's Heroes? No, no, no. That's not the theme from Hogan's Heroes. What's the theme from Hogan's Heroes? <sighs> I thought try, it was. Let me try to sing it. No, no, no. It's more of a marching band type tune. Someone will help me out here because it's another one I've heard, but it's not okay. this. This is sort of this same film, sort of famous for this game. So much like the film in this, uh, you. Uh, it is 1942. Gosh, this makes you know my grandfather was in a German POW camp, so it just it just dawned on me as I was the first time I thought about it. Uh, the year is 1942, and you're in a German POW camp. Uh, so your job in this game is to find ways to escape. All right, the camp is a castle, and it's surrounded on three sides by cliffs and the ocean. So. Not good. It's not a, it's a good place to put a camp. Yeah, right. Uh, and there are a lot of facets to actually have to getting out of the camp. Now, the uh, screen that pops up, of course, you get to set up your keys. You've got the joystick. I'm assuming you play this with a stick. Yeah. I play, I play but, with the uh, Pixels at Dawn in the chat confirms that I was singing the tune to Hogan's Heroes. I think you've got it confused with the theme from The Great Escape. No, I'll, I'll have to, we'll get, we'll realign on that. I'll have to think. I mean, tunes are not my strong point. So anyway, um, you, th this game starts you as a uh, a German POW, and your job is to escape. Now the game. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. And this is the semantics. In the world of POWs, are you a German POW? No, no, or you're a German you... POW camp. Right. Okay. I just didn't know if. Yeah, you know, if... I'm not sure it specifies who you are. Uh, uh, so one, <laughs> that would suck if you're. I guess if you're a German and in a POW camp, so I'm assuming you're you're a down soldier. Okay. That's, you know. Pix has gone back and he says that I was singing the Great Escape. Yeah. Thank you. I... <laughs> 
Don't do that to me, pigs. What are you doing to me? Uh, uh, but anyway, <clears throat> I noticed that you start off this game in bed. So let's talk about let's talk about this opening screen, which okay. is this is a screen. There's number one. You've got a flag that mm-hmm. flies, and uh, you've got a a monochrome screen surrounded in like a barbed wire frame. Then you've got a bell, and you've got some medals with some numbers over. Right. Okay, that's what you look at. Yeah, that's right. And you start off with your guy in bed, in his in his uh, bunk, mm-hmm. basically. Now, if you don't touch the controller, your guy will just get up and take off. Right. That blew me away. This <laughs> right is right out of the gate. This, I was like, it, what's happening? It, you know, I read the instructions before I started, so I knew it was coming. Yeah. But I was. I mean, there's not a whole lot of games that act the way this game acts. It reminds me of when you, there are some sports games where if you don't control, touch the controller, he'll just play without you. Oh, okay. You know, well, I mean, we, I think, uh, I'm, you know, like, like some cricket, cricket is like that. And so... Graham Gooch. But this game is, this is actually sort of a, a important in a way because the, the object of this game is to escape. And so to escape, you need to gather certain materials uh, and go certain places to do things. But what you also kind of have to do is do what you all the other prisoners do all the time. Mm-hmm. This is where I stumbled. <laughs> because you have to... I spent one... I, I, I would load this up and just watch the guy mm-hmm. so you can see what he does. He goes to the... He gets up. He goes to roll call. He goes to breakfast. You know, he goes out in the yard. He goes to roll call again. He goes to lunch. There's all kinds of guards around. You have to. You can only walk in certain areas, and you can't go in certain places. So I would just watch the guy, and you have to sort of fulfill your guy's obligations of, that a prisoner would have, uh, so you won't raise any suspicions. Right. Which is where the flag comes in. The flag will, if it's green and it's at full mast, you're in good shape. If it's in red. You, you could have some trouble. And if it gets to half-mast, then you've got real problems. And if it's flashing red, half-man, you're boned. I think that's pretty much how it goes. Right. I, I got the flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and so basically the way that this game works is you know when you're being watched. It's almost like a stealth game, okay? Uh, in the, in Metal Gear, say, there's a tell where you're... you're um, your your radar changes when it when when it's when you are being noticed. And in this game, you're you're walking around in plain sight, so it's not like you're hiding from people. But whenever the guards are going to be alerted to the fact that you are not on schedule, that's when the flag changes. Come. Yeah, and no, and and also the guards don't screw around; they'll come and get you. Yeah, they don't care. So you've, you're dealing with a, several different types of people, and this is spelled out pretty well. Actually, this is one of those games. I you know me, I always try playing it before I look at the manual. Holy smokes. You have a tough time with this one. You, it's, it, you're done. There's yeah. a 0% chance. And with the manual, there's a 1% chance. So you've got basically four types of players, of characters in this that aren't you. You've got uh, guards. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got fellow prisoners. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the main guy that runs the camp. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, and the guards are not dumb. I mean, no no one in this game is dumb, except for, the guy, except for me and my prisoner. <laughs> he was dumb as a sack of hammers. And so, what you've got to do is go around the camp and gather stuff. Now, I will say up front that without a walkthrough on this, I had a there was a zero percent chance of me getting anywhere. With the walkthrough in my hand, with a complete solution, I still had all kinds of trouble. I didn't get I didn't get very far at all. 
the uh, we should mention there's also a bell that will ring if and that's the bell will ring if you if you are basically it rings for a bunch of different reasons it also rings whenever you're supposed to go somewhere yeah you know <laughs> and it and also if you screw up or if someone tries to escape the bell rings continuously right, right. and you get little messages at the bottom of the screen and that will I'll tell you why the bell is ringing mm-hmm. the bell might be ringing because it's roll call it might be dinner time it, there's no telling why but it tells you right there I hate that bell yeah it gets very <laughs> annoying. It rings all the time. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, this would be, you're, you're already a prisoner of war. You got to sit through this crap. Right. It's, it's no, worse than school. It's no fun being a prisoner of war. I think we can take that no, from this game. No, absolutely not. So how did you, how did you cope? How did you start off? I, mean, I really am interested because I really was baffled at the, what I was supposed to do. Okay. Well, you know, I read the docs and I, I, I got the idea of the way that the mechanics worked. Okay. Um, so what I did was I started the game. And I did not do what you did. I didn't let my guy go. I, I was right out the door. I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm yeah. going to slip under the radar. Well, I didn't mean to do it. I just was. Just, lo- I was looking. You were just watching. I was looking things. at and, and it mm. just he just took off. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so um, I, you know, I immediately started walking around, and I walked into different buildings and things, and and I, you know, I picked some things up, and I was like, okay, I I, I think I'm getting things, and then all of a sudden, boom, solitary item gets taken away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, you can pick up, you you can really roam around pretty well in this game and you can, you can sort of feel like you're getting by, but the guards will find you and they will take your stuff. That, and what you, just to jump in on that topic, you can walk around the camp. You can go all kinds of places, but you, let's, I, one time I jumped out of bed, I took like four steps up the door and I was instantly in solitary. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Yeah. Uh, you you could easily get if you go to the wrong spot. There's a scene in the movie. There's a there's a piece of barbed wire that runs all around the camp in the movie. It's about I don't know five or six or ten foot from the actual gate, the actual walls, mm-hmm. and they call that the line of death. If you go across that, they the guards can come up and shoot you. Right. They do shoot a dude, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the movie, a little Scottish guy. Uh, in this game. They, you're, you're not going to get shot necessarily, but they'll just come and nab you. Yeah. And then when you're in solitary, you just sit there like an idiot. Yeah, and, and it's it's, it, it's not... I don't know. I'm not going to profess to be an expert in this game, but I don't think that you have or are under any sort of time constraint. I think you get as many days as you want to escape, but it's just so freaking annoying because when you're in there, you get the little message, another day passes, and you're just sitting there and you can't do anything, and it's just, it's just annoying. Um, yeah. Now, at the bottom of the instructions, they do give you a little hint. They're like, to get started, here's what you need to do. And the first thing that they tell you to do is to go to the lower right corner of the camp and underneath the guard tower, there's a key. Key. Yeah, that's exactly what I I went to the lower right corner Yeah, and I... I would have never found that key in a million years. Yeah. Never. You, you, I mean, it's it's incredibly well hidden. It's not in plain sight at all. I just mashed the like pickup key. You should over not and over feel again. bad, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I had the exact same problem, and I, this one I didn't. Uh, unlike my usual maneuver, I went instantly to YouTube. I was like, I got to see where the heck this key's mm-hmm. at. And sure enough, the first walkthrough I found, the guy went right to it, and I'm like, oh man. And then you got to because also you. Picking stuff up and using stuff in this game is it kind of it's not it's actually pretty intuitive it's pretty smart but you have to kind of figure out what you're doing there how to use it because you kind of have to hit the button and go left or right to get to use it and you have to pick it up but I did I was exactly the same way I'm like where is this key I knew it was in the right spot mm-hmm. it's the only lower right hand right. power there is right and if you go at the wrong time you get arrested I yeah. got arrested a million times you know something that I think would have would have helped 
at least for me to conceptualize this whole camp is if I would have had the you know did you see the the map that came with the game? It's, there's a full color. Saw, uh, it's sort of an artist rendition yeah, of what I the camp a looks like on, on uh, World of Spectrum. Yeah, have a digitized version. And um, you know that, that it would have been helpful to sort of set that up just so I could kind of see in my mind's eye the the entire camp because if you don't have that. All the buildings do look a lot alike. Yeah, and there's a lot of wandering. Yeah, I yeah. will say, that the good thing about that guard tower is that the one thing you can find, you mm -hmm. just keep going down and until you see it, right. you're going to run into it. You're right. The barracks is all come together. And when you're not, when you're actually controlling your guy and you're trying to do the stuff that you're supposed to do, I can't tell you how many times I was trying to get somewhere and I just couldn't make it or mm -hmm. got lost and then I got put in solitary. It was very frustrating. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah because what I, what the, the minute that you you know you you switch into red flag mode, you know that they're gonna they're gonna find you and they're gonna get you. Yeah. And the way that you get around, you can't escape going to solitary. I mean, I don't know if it's possible to beat this game without going to solitary. Actually, I, I know it's impossible because I think there's an item in the solitary room that you need to complete the game. Um, what this game uh, does to offer you a way uh, to, to progress is that hidden throughout the POW camp, there are places where you can place objects and they're hidden behind walls. So uh, in your room, there's a stove and you can push that stove out of the way and you go into a little crawl space and yeah. you can place objects there. The way that they do that was pretty cool. I like the way that they changed the color of the screen. You know, they make it blue or they make yeah, it red depending on like where you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I, I thought that that was pretty neat and you can place objects there so when you go out to find other objects you can you, you don't have to worry that you're going to lose everything i was happy because uh, i i the uh, the oven the stove in your room i, I had watched the movie and i remember this hey they really wonder if this thing's got the hole and so it was kind of that was kind of cool mm -hmm. i mean they actually uh they actually sort of capture in a weird way again and this probably be more prevalent if i was better at it but they kind of capture in a, in a strange way the monotony and the weirdness of being in a prison camp like this, and you're stowing stuff, and you're trying not to get caught, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I, did you ever get the uh, did you get the officer's uniform and wear that thing around? I, I watched that on the on the video. I didn't get that far. I did. I, I did get. Well, I mean, I cheated. I mean, by cheating, I mean I just literally. Hey, this you had to walk through it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, full disclosure. This game, I was flummoxed. The first couple of times I played it, I gave up. I was like, I don't, what the heck do you sure. do? Yeah. And I'd heard how great this game was, and I just, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, here, you know, what I did was I, you know, I, I read the docs, and I went in, and I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend like that I just got this game for Christmas, and I'm just going to, and here's the thing, like, you know, I went to solitary a million times. I found a bunch of different things. I stood them away. I still kind of had fun just doing that. Just, and, and, and sometimes I just let the controls go and let my guy walk around and do his thing. I thought it was a really neat sort of slice of life type experience game. And you know what it reminded me of the most? School days. School days is a very similar thing where you yeah. you know you go to where you need to go or you can do your own thing. If you do your own thing, you're going to get caught. And you're going to there's going to be consequences. You know, the, the similarities are striking, and it never occurred to me. I think this game is a little more focused than school days. But yeah, yeah, there. <laughs> it's like the ice. It's the it's a it's the uh, uh, it yeah. It's very similar. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why I didn't think about that. You're dead on there. Uh, I felt this. I felt more. I I was into this more. Just maybe it's because of the movie or whatever, but I will say, but yeah, it's very similar. I agree with that. I mean, you can't do quite as much. One thing in school days, you're not going to get arrested in no. a couple minutes. No. But uh, yeah, I, this game, this is one of those games that's frustrating to try to look at and, and quickly. 
I, I had probably, I played this game on and off probably about four times. Mm-hmm. And the first two times, I just I just quit. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And then I watched some, I, re- I downloaded the docs, sitting right here, printed them out, and I also watched some a guy play through the first parts of it, just so I could understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then I went in, because there's also, part of the thing with the flag is also the morale of your buddies, and that comes into play somehow. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't get to see or didn't understand that comes into play. So there are certainly parts of this game that I didn't fully comprehend. Uh, but I understood the appeal because it is neat when you can get... It's fun to get away with stuff. You know, that's kind of cool or to hide stuff. But the, I will say the part that took me out of it, and which is realistic, is the, all the is the getting arrested over and over mm-hmm. and getting and, and having to try to keep up with the, the appearances. Yeah, the you know, in up. in real life, if they catch you with contraband like sixteen times in a row, I think that they're going to probably do something worse to you than put you in solitary. You would think so, but I mean, in the movie. Uh, uh, Steve McQueen. The thing about he literally engineered the uh, like uh, eighty people escaped or whatever, and like they didn't kill him, you know, <laughs> because a lot of it was because they're officers, mm-hmm, right? You know that. Get, believe it or not, you know that. I think isn't way. that something in the Geneva Convention? Well, he's you... a he was a pilot in the movie, uh, so uh, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to. Of course, they did a lot of stuff you're not supposed yeah, to that's do. True. This you is... know, everyone did. Um, you know, to be frank, now let me ask you a somewhat related question. All right. What's the name of the movie where the guy has the tennis ball and he keeps getting sent back to solitary and he throws that tennis ball against that, well, the wall? Well, and this, it's a baseball, but it's this. Is it this Steve movie? Queen sits okay, the baseball I have seen yeah. this movie then because yeah. I remember that scene. In fact, the very last part of the movie where they arrest him after he's right cut, and he, he bounces. Okay, they, they, the guy goes, "Here you go," and he throws him his mitt with the ball and he okay. goes back into solitary. So I have seen and this as, movie as the guards before. lock it up, you hear. Right, and the guards like, "What is that?" And okay, Steve McQueen and that's throwing funny. that ball up against the wall. Okay, you know, mystery solved. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. I, you know, this is one I'm going to put on the play in the future when you've got more time. Uh, and I, what I'd like to do is, I, what would be fun is to have someone that's really good at this come over and guide me. Oh yeah, this is one where like watching a tutorial because there's a lot of timing and stuff that I just mm-hmm. couldn't get. I would, I would love to see someone, and really, if you see someone playing online or something, you, you lose. I'd like to have someone in the room. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that would that would be more that would be more fun uh, for me. Um, and of course, I did not escape. Believe it or not. So there you go. I know you're stunned to hear that, and I'm guessing you didn't either. I did not escape. I thought it was funny though. I don't know if you read this or not, but the uh, if you escape without the compass. You just sort of blunder off into the world, and you, and you don't escape. You don't beat the game. You don't get the end screen because you don't have the compass, so you can't find your way to oh, freedom. Oh God! How so you, yeah, yeah. So I you, think I would still go for it though. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was only. I think it was Giant Bomb. Somebody that does these covers these games in the mm-hmm. description, just to kind of to put this in perspective, right? You in, in a day, you've got to attend two roll calls, a, a meal, an exercise every day. And you've got to get to those things. Also, you've got to get to bed call every right. day. Right. You know, one thing that I think would have been helpful to me is if I would have had some sort of a, and I, I know this would totally take you out of the experience because you wouldn't have one of these as a POW, but some sort of a countdown saying you've got this much time before this starts. Now, the flag going up and down, is that what that's supposed to signify? I, as far I know it, it, it it means when you, I, I, some of it's the morale of your of your buddies. I think I know that's part of it. And I, 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 oh, I, that's what, right. That's yeah. what it is. It's the morale. Something else I was never a hundred percent sure of, and I know people are going to groan, but I'm just going to say it because it's true. The counters at the bottom of the screen with the medals over them. Can you enlighten me as to what the hell nope, those are? I have no idea what that means. I could. I don't. And I couldn't. No one said it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I looked. I was like, what is that? Yeah, I know that as you progress through the game. 
one of those metal numbers counts up. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why or how. And even when you get to the end of the game, like when you watch this guy playing through, it's not like there are still some of the medals that are not like a high number. So And I've flipped through a bunch, so I'm just trying to hit, hit someone to tell me what they are. No mm. one did. Uh, I'll grab some reviews for this thing, Boat. Uh, guess what? It, it did quite well. Um, <laughs> these are hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, Z, uh, ZX Computing, your computer, and Sinclair user all gave this uh, the five-star special. Uh, Crash gave it a 96 out of 100. Computer Gamer gave it a 90 out of 100. Your Sinclair gave it a 9 out of 10, you know, 90%. Uh, CBG gave it an 8 out of 10. Popular Computer Weekly, that's a new one, hmm. 80%. And Eurogamer, this is a modern score, gave it an 80%. This one, the uh, Commodore Force, December 1993 issue, uh, number 98 in a reader's 100. Uh, Zap gave this uh, a bit uh, one, one on the list for best games of the 80s. And your Sinclair Top 100 ranked this at number 23. So it did quite well. Uh, and World of Spectrum, by the way, I should mention, gave this an 8.54 big score. And if you're looking to get this on eBay, you're talking 11 bucks. Okay. So there you okay. go. Did you get any, uh, did you get any uh, listener reviews? We did. We did. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, gives this game 9 out of 10. He says, this takes me back to 1986. What a fantastic game for this era. I spent many hours working out puzzles, navigating the tunnels, evading guards, trying to escape. Many a time I found myself forgetting to escape, instead of just enjoying the experience of a POW. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I bet not, <laughs> you don't hear that every POW day. POW simulator, uh, yeah. game. <laughs> in the free room camp in its buildings. However, I was a bit disappointed you never got to ride off into the sunset on a motorbike. The graphics were impressive for the time with its comprehensive 3D map. Yes, it was mostly black and white, but you know what? It worked, providing an authentic feel to the darkness of the POW camps. Mm. D-Man says... With respect to Ultimate, I always considered this the best of the isometric style games on the Speccy. A great game that still has the ability to make me jump out of my skin when a guard appears at the exact moment that an illicit object is pilfered or the prisoner is somewhere he shouldn't be. Awesome stuff, 9 out of 10. Wow. And finally, Graham Vebke says, I didn't spend as long as I would have liked with this game due to jet lag, but it's very good and worth 8 out of 10. It did take me a little while to reacquaint myself with isometric controls for this game, but it's a lot of fun, especially evading the guards. It plays well, looks great for its theme, and the sound is okay. I'll revisit this game again, and it deserves the praise it receives. You know, they mentioned a couple of things. Uh, Control-wise, the keyboard is not the best choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, number one, I'll tell you that right now. I didn't. That was one thing I didn't like. Uh, the keyboard made it difficult uh, to, uh, to for me to play. But I thought the graphics on this looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. could tell what everything was. I was never confused mm -hmm. about what was going on. Right. Uh, but I will say, evading the guards, the fun of that, I didn't evade the guards. I sucked at that. I did get caught pilfering stuff, but it, I was just, I just sucked. I, I had, the keyboard was fine, but it, where you're in that iso, isometric view, the, uh, uh, 
I had trouble. It's just like a Kubrick type effect. It was hard to move back. It was just weird. Mm -hmm. You know. It, you know, I did think about Kubrick several times playing this game. Really? Or are yeah. you just mocking me? No, you're, no, you're, no, no good. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm, yeah, um, yeah. Because the, it's because the controls, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I find this a lot with a lot of these isometric games. Yeah. It's, it's the same sort of deal. That's the downfall. You know, we, I think most people would agree that the strength of the spectrum is in its isometric titles, uh, at least in part. But it, the, of course, that you, you can't have a joystick. Uh, you know, you basically turn your joystick. And you can't turn the keyboard on its side. It doesn't work. I that will way. say, you know, this game reminded me of an isometric uh, uh, Castle Wolfenstein. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's the same premise. You're right. escaping from the Nazis, the POW camp. It's like, you know, it's on the. But uh, uh, I would. This is a deeper game. There's no doubt. It's a much deeper game. Yeah. However, I would probably go with Wolfenstein just because. Which and but Wolverine really this beats it on almost every level graphically, uh, the depth of the game. But Wolverine, it's easier to control and I uh, and it's more actiony and less thinky. -y. Yeah, this is this is really a, um, a progenitor to the the modern day stealth game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and and uh, this was this is one you heard a couple people mention they hadn't got to devote much time. And poor old Grammy's been all over the world here yeah. recently, so I guess yeah. it, but. Uh, this one, you definitely—it's not something you knock off in a, in a week. You really need—I can see where this would be fun when you sit down and explore and actually try to work this stuff. This out. This would be one of these or, games because I had games like this on the Atari when I was a kid, where you know you'd get this game in a big pile of pirated discs, and every oh. one, and every once in a while you'd fire it up and you'd tool around in it for a little bit and you'd have some fun, and then when it got frustrating, you'd turn it off, yes. forget about it for six months, and then come back to it yeah, again. Yeah, you, bam. You just nailed it. That's exactly what would happen. Because mm -hmm. I'd get these games and be like, eh, screw this. Mm -hmm. It's too hard. Where's Where's uh, Paperboy? Right. You know? yeah. Right. All right, Aaron. Well, it's time to thank the fine folks that are here with us on Twitch. Uh, we do record this show around 6 o'clock Eastern every Friday night. And uh, you can join us live on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming like the following folks. Picard 2010 is here with us. 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. L. Curtis B. Duncan Styles. Vicky uh, is here. Vicky Pixel Vixen, sorry. Ed Van Helland reporting from the Man Cave. Rushi MSX. Uh, thank you all so much for being here uh, with us this evening. Staying up late for those of you in Europe. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to uh, our channel on Twitch and you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, you get a free Twitch sub. Uh, we'd, uh, we'd be honored if you would use that on us. And if you've used it in the past and would like to do it again, you do have to manually resubscribe. We'll be repeatedly honored yes, every time you do it. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and thank you for those of you that have subscribed to us on Twitch. Uh, I will print that list out and have it uh, read it off next week. And finally, Aaron, it's time to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, so um, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash Sinclair. If you'd like to support us, there's all kinds of uh, really uh, cool perks to being a Patreon supporter, including that you get to leave uh, reviews on our Discord channel. You get access to our Discord server. And if you are a Clive's Club member, you get to pick a game that we play. Uh, so. Uh, Definitely check that out if you are so inclined. And I'd like to thank our supporters, Hermski, Andrew Waite, David Spencer, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham, Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, doing a great job modding over on Twitch, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. And next week, Aaron, 
we're going to be taking a look, and I believe that this, this may be another isometric game. I know that this is an ultimate play of the game game, and that could mean one thing and it could mean another, but I think that Underworld is, a, is another isometric adventure. This is this a sequel or something? I believe that Underworld came before Batman, is and it? Batman Batman used That's the Underworld where, yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah, man, I think you got it. Underworld, all right, I'm guessing German, eh? Yeah. All yeah, right, we'll yeah. give it a whirl, man. All right, 